0: the official podcast of ACS Athens. Listen to the exciting story of the American Community Schools of Athens. Check out what drives all the members of our international community of learners as we create the education of the future. This is the alumni edition. Here's John Papadakis.
1: Welcome to another episode of the OwlCast. Each week, we choose a different protagonist in the story of ACS Athens as we attempt to document and understand what makes the school's life exciting and meaningful. With us today is Steve Sanunu, the President and CEO of Environex Solutions. An expert on peat fires, Steve has traveled the world to research, train and fight underground fires, Steve's global travel has included keynote addresses in South America for the largest forestry companies and Asian fire and rescue schools. In 2011, when devastating fires ravaged Central Texas, he donated thousands of dollars worth of products to the threatened areas, settling donated goods from Environex North Texas headquarters and personally assisting in coating threatened homes with a proprietary fire suppression. Steve is an ACS Athens alum who, along with his brothers, came through ACS Athens in the late 70s and early 80s. His family's journey brought him to the school until he finished 8th grade, before he moved back to the US. He stopped by the campus a few days ago after leaving Athens in the early 80s to reminisce and trace his path on the memory lane of those years. What comes to your mind when you think back to your days at ACS Athens, your favorite teacher, your favorite class, your favorite activity? What is still vivid in your mind?
2: Mrs. Pazarkas in elementary school, she was amazing. She was a she was a tough woman, but I loved that about her because, you know, a lot of teachers, okay, this and that. But Mrs. Pazarkas, it was either this or, or was that, and that was it. There was no middle ground, and I loved her for that what grade did you have her for Uh, it was elementary school but so i'm not quite i don't remember exactly what grade it was but she was my after 40 years that's the one teacher i've always remembered
1: was the elementary school at the same place as it is today did you have a chance to visit yes so you were in the first or the ground floor where were you
2: on the ground floor okay um i can even remember my first day of, of kindergarten i guess it was when i'm turning around and running the other way and. My parents are saying, nope, you're going that way.
1: (laughs) You had to find your way.
2: Yes. Uh, Sometimes
1: visiting alumni don't need us to guide them through the campus. This was, after all, their home for many years, Mm -hmm. um, their most impressionable years. Um, They were molded by the uh, activities and learning experience in these rooms. Can you share with us a favorite memory from those years?
2: I don't know if I can share a favorite memory. I've got obviously many memories. So uh, just probably the fact that at that age, we didn't differentiate between cultures and colors and creeds and all of these things. These were all just friends and, and, and people we hung around with every day. And we as kids, we never even considered all these things that we deal with nowadays, like racism and all these. Uh, we we didn't understand any of that. It, to my memory, there was never any, you know, oh, let's, let's pick on this person. Let's pick... We didn't do any of that. We were all colleagues, we were all friends, and you know, we all got along just fine.
1: I don't know if you had the chance to look at the history of the school as it is depicted on our website. Um, The 70s and 80s were uh, years that defined ACS Athens as a true international school with the adoption of the IB curriculum and many more other international students joining the community these uh, years. Um, How do you remember? What do you remember from those years regarding uh, the student body? You mentioned that uh, there was no such a thing as you're different from me and so on. Uh, How about your friends? Uh, What did you, uh, what kind of friendships you made? What kind of activities did you participate in?
2: In school or out of school? In school. school, in school. Um, Sports were always a big part of my life. So I remember, you know, which is now a AstroTurf field in the back. It was gravel at the time. And that was our, that was our, our playground. So, you know, American football, um, soccer and, and everything in between. Mm -hmm. But for me, I mean, I was always the, the sprinter, you know, I was always. Athletics, athletics.
1: in the athletics.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's where we bonded over was mostly sports, Mm -hmm.
1: you know. So, in sports, uh, obviously right now we don't have American football in the curriculum, mm. but uh, we have many alums who are coming back and they are asking, do you have a baseball team? Do we have a, an American football team? Um, middle school was and and still is a turning point uh, in the life of students. You were here until grade eight? eight through, through grade eight, yes. Through grade eight. Yes. So, you finished grade eight and then you went high school in the States, correct?
2: Which was very different.
1: Which was very different. <laughs> um, but. Regarding middle school, um, you know, this is a turning point, as uh, as I said, entering the teenage years, getting to know themselves, all the students uh, growing up, and the environment. Uh, do you often think of these years as you live your life right now?
2: For sure. Um, and as a matter of fact, a lot of my best friends in the world were friendships I made here, even 40 years later. And it's funny because... Now we've all gone on to, you know, have prestigious jobs and positions and things that we've accomplished in our life. But when we all get together, we all revert back to seventh and eighth grade, you know, stupidity. Not as stupid, <laughs> but, you know, the way we were when we were seventh and eighth grade. And it just amazes our, our spouses. They're like, look at these idiots now. Did you just... do that? <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> Can you give us a brief
1: rundown of your of your life after you left ACS Athens? I mean, you left after eighth grade. How did your life here affect your academic and professional life, and maybe social life?
2: Uh, sure. I mean, when when we moved back to uh, when we moved back to the states, we moved back to South Jersey, where I was born, South New Jersey, uh, and now I'm at a at a high school, starting my first day of high school in the United States with kids that have all grown up together, they've known each, everybody in the, in the town since they were born. Nothing ever changes there. And now this kid miraculously shows up that allegedly lived there till he was four years old. So everybody's unbelievably suspicious. Everybody in the town looked the same. You know, there was no, no diversity whatsoever. It wasn't nothing like here where at ACS, you know, you would have, this person would be here this year, they'd be gone the next year. You know, everybody gets transferred and moved around and the only thing constant here was change. Well, <laughs> in the United States, it's 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 the opposite. It it's just constantly the same thing. So you know, just although the schools are much bigger there, the schools are much bigger, of course, of course. And, and now I've gone from a private school to a public school. Uh, it was it was quite quite a transition. By the way, the school was easy when I went back to the states. It was much harder here.
1: It was much harder. Much here. harder
2: here. And so academically, it was easy, but on the social side of it, it was awful because yeah. here, you know, I was, I was the quarterback on the football team in Cafesha and this and that. And all of our, my friends were, you know, we, we were, we had established ourselves right. You know, we, we, we were somebodies. I, I came back to the United States and all of a sudden I'm nobody and nobody wanted to talk to me because I wasn't from there. And yeah. how did you break through? It took a while took away. and it's 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 not a not a good story but uh is it an educational story (laughs) it's it's really not (laughs) but um but the nice thing was uh i finally um after probably three weeks and and i'd come home from school every day and my mom would say how was school and i'd say i hate it here i want to go back to greece i miss my friends you know i miss acs and and uh well, well, you know, keep trying, keep trying. So finally, after a while, it, it got okay because people were just suspicious. You know, they're, I've known you my whole life. Who's this guy? So, you know, you, you come from being a very social person, talking to everybody, knowing everybody, and then you know nobody. And, and so I, I finally got established in New Jersey. And middle of my junior year, we moved to Coronado in San Diego, so once again, the other side of the country. Uh, the other side oh of the country, but but unbelievably different. You moved to Coronado. This is a Navy town. Hmm. So what's the one thing that's consistent with a Navy town? Change. So being accepted into that arena was the first day. Not a problem. I made I made one of my best friends in the world the first day there. He's still my best friend.
1: And that was what year?
2: That was... Uh, Not senior year. No, 1984, junior year. Junior year junior junior in year. high school. Junior year in high school. And then from there, you moved to college? I went to San Diego State in San Diego uh, from there, then moved up to Orange County, uh, which is about hundred miles north of Orange County. Started my first business there, which was, if you remember the bounce house things for <laughs> kids' birthday parties. So the nice thing was in college when everybody else is writing their case studies on IBM and this and that my best friend who I told you about the first day I met him in high school in in, in Coronado in college everybody you know in, in the business school uh, everybody has to write a case study on something so usually it's IBM or you know something right, right. So your studies were were on, on the business on we business. were going to start which his instructors and my instructors loved it because this was a a different thing than the normal you know, makeshift, make-believe case study on whatever some Fortune 500 company. Now they had to the chance to work with us, which which really fueled them. So we really got into our our business majors very deeply with all this, and we did our business plans and we did everything before we even graduated from college. Hmm. So we hit the ground running right out of college, and these bounce house things became a huge uh, thing in the early 90s when we started this, and we we did it for 10 years and the whole time uh, all of my friends who were now in pharmaceutical sales and medical device sales and cell phone sales and all this other stuff they'd say boy you know what i i, I would never want to compete against with you in sales and i said i'm selling the housewives i mean how, how in the world are you equating your success in pharmaceutical sales for for me selling selling bounce houses on a sunday sunday afternoon for a kid's birthday party No, no, no. I I would never want to compete with you.
0: You are listening to the alumni edition of the ACS Athens Owlcast.
2: After 10 years, you know, here I am a college graduate and everything else, but I'd never been tested. Mm -hmm. So I decided uh, after 10 years, we we sold the company. Uh, My business partner went off into other ventures, which he was wildly successful at. And I decided, okay, I've made some money. I want to test myself. So as now a 30-year-old, um, I'm, quote, getting my first job. <laughs> because I've always worked for myself. So I have no idea how to deal in the corporate world. But, okay, so I, I, I threw a few things on the board. These are the, the most challenging sales jobs that are available. You know, pharmaceuticals at the time. Pharmaceutical sales, medical device sales, uh, cell phone sales, because that was a wild uh, back in the day. Now, everybody and their their baby has a cell phone. But So I went uh, for a few things, and uh, I started at the very, very, very bottom with ATT and their business side mm-hmm. of uh, cell phone sales. So being a, a, a true Greek and the work ethic that came along from my preparations of all the hard work growing up, um, I decided that you know if the if the Americans work from let's say nine to five, I'm going to work from five o'clock in the morning to eight o'clock at night. <laughs> Why? Because I've got to win. Hmm? This is a great ethic. Yeah, yeah. It'll make you old very quickly, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't qualify it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So um, after a couple of years of doing that, I had become the number seven out of uh, 3,500 sales reps with no background. A lot of these people had been, you know, 10 years, 15, 20 years in the, so they knew the ins and outs. I didn't know anything. I just went in there and bullheaded and, and full of steam and and achieved what I did. But after that, I really didn't like the the taste of corporate America. And it's everybody shaking their hand, shaking your hand while they're stabbing you in the back because everybody, you know, they're out for themselves. Hmm. So all the accolades, all the this, all the that, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Boom. Here comes. <laughs> here comes the knife in the back. So it, it just wasn't good for me. I, I didn't understand that because when I tell you I like you, I like you. It's not this. I like you, but I, I really don't like you. And. All this other stuff so that that's you know corporate america in a nutshell basically right Mm -hmm. so i decided that wasn't for me so i I went off to do other things and now uh, i've come full circle about 11 years ago i would never thought this would happen but i invented a fire retardant product for forest fires that's a natural product Uh, i have no chemistry biology background none of this stuff it was just i was in indonesia i happened to go to kalimantan where they have these very bad peat fires and in talking to the folks there, there, there wasn't any solution to put out these fires. So I did a little research on the Internet and found out that it's a one billion with a B dollar problem every year around the world. Probably increasing with the climate change. Yeah, it, it is. But then I also found out that there was not one product ever designed to put out a peat fire. So I, I asked my wife, I said, listen, I really want to look into this and see what i can do so it took me three three and a half years to come up with a product and it's the only one in the world can can you explain what the peat fire is a peat fire is a highly organic uh underground soil fire so for example all the all the pine needles all the this all the that that fall on the ground eventually they get under the ground and all these so these these organic soils as we call them this is something that turns into coal about a million, million years or so later. And once these fires start, they will propagate very slowly, burn for a very long time, Mm -hmm. and they're almost impossible to put out unless you flood them. So anyway, to make a long story short, a lot of these peat fires happen in areas of the world, Indonesia, Malaysia, parts of the Philippines. So Southeast Asia has a lot of them. The Southeastern part of the United States, the Northern part of the United States, Canada, Ukraine, Hmm. Russia, South America. So, how beautiful is my schooling and my training at ACS to prepare me for something like this? You were here after
1: so many years visiting the school. Did your visit meet your expectations?
2: Unbelievable. It's the same, but it's very different. There's things that are are, are still there, but there's been incredible additions to the school amazing job how they've how they've updated well it's only been 40 years right so <laughs> <laughs> just 40 40 even even driving up the main road everything's different i mean it started there and it ended at the very you know sitting in this this podcast studio right now which was obviously not here at the time yeah but uh the the same incredible step you know same same mentality of the staff uh, the welcoming the uh, beautiful, bravo, I mean, just just amazing. Uh,
1: students today have such different life experiences and expectations uh, than us who graduated in the 80s. Uh, their lifestyle and way of thinking is so different and I will not even go into the discussion of better or worse, uh, just different. The internet and social media age defines them. None of them remember the life without being connected and have the universe on their fingertips. If you had a chance to sit in a middle school or an academy classroom today, what kind of life advice would you give those students? They come to you with questions about your life, about what you do now, and it comes to a point where you have to tell them something to guide them or to have them think a little bit differently than what they read on social media?
2: Yeah, I would say the biggest thing I could, of advice I could give would be just be your true self. Don't be, oh, I think on this Facebook they want me to act this way or I want to be, be your true self and be true to your friends. Who's your favorite uh,
1: person from your friends back then? Do you remember? Do you keep any contact
2: with them? I keep, con- my, my, my best friend in the world uh was my my friend from middle school and that would be bruce estoc and we talk all the time so
1: you keep in
2: contact absolutely yeah and i have other friends but as far as bruce was my best friend for example if, if <laughs> you know i we we laugh about this but my parents would say okay we're going to go to cairo egypt this weekend and we're going to go see the pyramids i just want to go ride my bike with bruce i don't want to see another pile of rocks right <laughs> So this is these are the things you remember from sure, you know those ages, sure, and sure. and then you grow up and you go, you stupid, you know, why did you take it? But we still laugh about that. Bruce is the same way.
1: In the summer of 2022, we have the much-anticipated alumni reunion here in the campus, which was originally scheduled for 2020, uh, but we know how these two years went, and plans were anything but final. Um, are you planning to
2: attend? Uh, do you hope to see Bruce there? Well, I talk to Bruce maybe once every couple of weeks or so, so um, ironically, we even talked about bringing our families and and coming to Greece next year anyway. So yes, I would say if we're going to have a reunion, I'd say you could probably count us in for sure. And a few others as well.
1: Well, we look forward to seeing you in the summer of 2022 and other times, not just in the summer. Mm. Thank you for visiting. It's been a pleasure.
2: Thank you very much for having me.
0: This has been the alumni edition of the OWLcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. Make sure you subscribe to the OWLcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. This has been a production of the ACS Athens Media Studio.